0: Now, if you have your Bible with you and you would like to see our scripture reading this morning and follow with me, you can turn to the book of Esther and the fourth chapter. We will start reading with the seventh verse. Mordecai told him all that had happened to him and that the exact amount of money that Haman had promised to pay the king's treasure for the destruction of the Jews. He also gave him a copy of and text of the addict of which had been issued in Susa for the destruction that he might show Esther and form her, and to order her to go unto the king to implore his favor, and to plead with him for her people. And Hathach came back and related to Mordecai's word to Esther. Then Esther spoke to Hathoch and ordered him to reply to Mordecai, all the king's servants, and the people of the king's province know that for any man or woman who comes to the king, to the inner court, who is not summoned, he has but one law, and that he be put to death unless the king holds out to him the golden scepter, so that he may live. And I have not been summoned to come to the king for these thirty days. And they related Esther's words to Mordecai. Then Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, Do not imagine that you and the king's palace can escape any more than all the Jews. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. And you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not attained royalty for such a time as this. God, help us to understand what we have read this morning from your holy word. If there's any people upon the face of the earth that has found the favor in the sight of God, it must be us who make up this great land. And so how fitting it is that these words from God's holy word, and who knows whether you have not attained royalty for such a time as this. Now it is your turn. How many years ago, Has it been since these words were written that I read to you from the book of Esther? Well, perhaps anywhere from 3,500 to 4,500 years ago. The dilemma of the Jewish people, led by a man by the name of Haman. And he had brought the Jewish people into a very desperate uh, situation. And where he had planned to destroy the people of Israel. And yet, this past week, and perhaps even right now, that there is a man in Lebanon by the name of Yasser Arthak, the PLO man, the head of it, that gang, uh, that is plotting right now and has been for years, the total and complete destruction of the nation of Israel and all the Jewish people, if he could. And so you see, this dilemma of the Jewish people is not new. And it's not old, and yet it is with us today, and you listen to the news today and read the newspaper, and I will guarantee you that somewhere and some of the leading articles within that paper will be dealing with the Jewish people and what happened so many years ago and what is happening at this very. Hour. There used to be a TV program that I was quite fond of, and you remember some of you, I am quite sure this old enough to remember it, and the title of it was "You are there." And you remember this was a documentary, sort of a historical thing, where they would go back and present it as a news broadcast like the fall of, of Rome or the death of Caesar and present it in such a way that you felt that you were hearing the news uh, firsthand. They were on the scene and and making their report. And you were part of it. Well, my friend, let me say to you in the kingdom of God today, you are very much a part of God's kingdom whether you do it or not. It doesn't change the fact that all the if you're oblivious to it, what God is doing, He is working, He is working in a mighty way. Now, I have often thought, and you've heard me say, that sometimes I think God made a mistake with me. And that is, He brought me into existence too late. He got delayed for some reason or another. Or maybe He couldn't find a place for me. I think that I would like to have been, if I'd been given a choice about the situation, to have been on the scene uh, when this great land of ours was being explored. I would like to bend with Lewis and Clark to cross this great northwest country of ours and to have laid out the mountains and the streams and experienced of what they experienced when they went through this great land of ours for the first time. Uh, but when you stop to think about that situation, it presents a very interesting question indeed. And that question happens to be, why are you here at this present moment instead of somewhere else? Why wasn't you born before like one man was talking to me and saying, well, I was here before and I'm being recycled this time. Well, I don't know about that. But it does present a very interesting question to us. Now, the foolish will answer that question and say, well, the reason that I'm here, I'm here by some freaky whim of nature. No rhyme or reason to it, no plan, no purpose, not really. I'm here just by by blind fate. And it really doesn't... uh, have anything to do with any kind of a plan at all. Now, that's one way to look at it. And I suppose the, the very foolish of our society will think in terms of this type of a situation, uh, that I am here just by some blind chance or fate. God didn't have anything to do with it. Now, there's another group of people, and a great group of people, another school of thought, that believe we are here by divine providence. Design and plan of a living God. And friend, I belong to that group. I am more convinced than I've ever been in my life. As I continue to grow older, I marvel at the unique and the infinite plan of God. How He can be conscious, it boggles my mind. How, at the same time, that this God that has spread out all the universe out through here, that they talk about being able to travel a trillion light years in that direction and never come to the end of space. Well, I don't know what they're talking about because I can't think of anything that doesn't have an end to it. It boggles my mind, but at the same time, this great uh, infinite God can do that as one and the same that is so conscious of me that he has planned for me also in a very significant way. Oh, I am swamped uh, by the awesome the awesome plans of a living God. It does boggle my mind. Now it seems to me we come to this place then, uh, whether we're here by blind faith or here uh, by uh, a divine plan of God, that we have to make up our mind. Now whether or not that we're going to act in relation to blind faith Are we going to act in relation to a creating, loving God that has created us and brought us into existence? Now you're going to have to choose one or the other. It is so easy for me, of course, and you expect me to say this as a minister. But I said this and believed this long before I became a minister. This is one reason why I became a minister. is because I believe what I believe about God and what is taught to me within the Holy Scriptures. Because, you see... It is the Apostle Peter that tells us that even before God laid the foundation to this world and for this world, that he had you in mind. He had you in mind to call you into existence at this particular time in the period of time. Doesn't that boggle your mind also? Now look at the situation then. We are here and we're here because God loves us, because God in his infinite wisdom has called us together. He saw fit. He didn't counsel you. He didn't ask you if you wanted to come. He said, in effect, that here is where I want you at this particular time to do the job that I want you to do for me. Now, look at the situation Then I think about this great New Testament church of ours and the way that God has worked and the way that the Holy Spirit works through it. And I can see three definite changes in the work of the Holy Spirit back through the New Testament. And I want you to listen to them carefully because they're so important. They're so important. There was a time in our past when the reading of the Holy Word of God, the Bible, just to read the Bible, there was a time in the past when this was put together, this Bible was put together and canonized that people who read this Bible would fall under great conviction and they would cry out for God and find salvation. And multitudes of people were blessed and saved In this way, not that they had someone to instruct them. They would just read the word of God. Now, that's not to say that a person can't read the word of God today and be saved, but they can. And you ought to read the word of God. But I am saying in times past, it seems as if the Holy Spirit picked up the Bible, the word of God, and said in this fashion, I am going to use the word of God uh, to bring about a transformation within the lives of people. And multitudes of people were saved just by reading the Bible. In fact, the Word of God was so important uh, that uh, it was hard to come by, and they had to change the pulpit Bible to the pulpit because it would be taken and be studied and would not be on the pulpit anymore. So there was a time in the history of our church uh, when the Bible was actually locked to the pulpit. And then it seems that after a while, the Holy Spirit, for some reason, why, I do not know. I only know that it has happened. There's a time then that he sort of laid aside, in a way, the, uh, the Word of God, in a sense, and he picked up the church, the organized church. And, oh my, he poured out his blessings upon the church, and just to walk into a sanctuary, just to walk into a place that had been dedicated to God and committed to him, would be to fall in the presence of the living God. And great convictions would fall on people. And great masses of people were saved again just coming into the church. And I'm talking about the physical thing. They come inside and here the Holy Spirit would work in such a way uh, that the people were convicted of their sins and they'd find their way to the altar of the church. And here be saved and great mighty scores of men and women were saved. And this is why that the great massive cathedrals were built, because the lay people in the church at that time knew that this was a very effective way to gather in the scattered sheep of the house of Israel. And so we went to that area where just to come inside the church would be to fall under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And people would come inside the church, and great multitudes of them were blessed and empowered in ways like you wouldn't believe. And the church spoke with such authority back then. Oh, what power and authority that they had. Later, they misused that power and authority. But in its beginning, it was the most beautiful and the most wonderful thing, and oh, how the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, was able to work through the mighty, the mighty church. And then it's as if. Not that the Holy Spirit discarded the church, of course. But then he selected another another instrument that was more favored for him. And that we recognize as the time of the great pulpiteers, The time of Calvin and John Wesley. Where even those who came to disrupt the meeting Brought their rocks and their eggs and their rotten fruits and everything to heckle and to throw at John Wesley. Uh, the historians tell us that even these bodies of ruffians who came in the presence of his preaching, uh, that they fell under great conviction and many of them were saved. Great multitudes of people were saved. And did you not know that right here within a hundred miles of us, uh, that was started the great camp meetings that swept us into our country of ours. It was known as great to camp meetings and great preaching was had. And just to be in one of those camp meetings and and to be in that situation uh, meant uh, that the Holy Spirit was going to work with you in a mighty and a most fantastic way. And we stand in the shadow, the fading shadow of uh, the great pulpiteers. Not that we don't have learned men today. Not that we don't have great preachers today. We do have. We have the, the more learned Uh, men in the pulpit and women in the pulpit today than have ever been in the history of man but somehow in the infinite wisdom of God he has sort of placed aside uh, the great pulpiteers in fact preaching today is almost coming to derision I heard a young lady talking to her mother not too long ago the young lady said to her mother says oh mom stop preaching to me (laughs) you ever heard that mother? you see Preaching has taken on this type of connotation today as something that's little less than what ought to be done. Uh, Don't lay it on me so heavy, you see. And it's as if God, in his infinite wisdom, I don't understand what I'm talking about. I don't understand why God thinks the way that he thinks. It's impossible. It's all I'm able to see that what God is doing in some some fashion. And as if he has said, now preaching has its place and always will have its place, like the church, And like the scripture. Uh, But that is not going to be the thing that I am going to use as my instrument to build the kingdom of God with the day. Now, folk, I've said all that to say this to you. And I am just as sure as what I'm saying to you. I'm not a prophet, but I am so sure. I am just as sure what I'm saying to you as Elijah was ever sure of what he heard from God. Or as Paul ever heard from God. Or Peter ever heard from God. I know what I know that I know. And I know that we have come to a time uh, within the life and the cycle of the King of God uh, that he has placed aside sort of the preaching as such and said I am going to use something else and I'm going to bless it in a great way and that is going to be the thing that's going to explode the Kingdom of God. Now what is it? What is it? He has released his Holy Spirit this tremendous power whatever it is today in and through laymen, laymen, and laywomen. My friend, let me say to you, no scripture is ever more perfectly fulfilled than the scripture that I read to you this morning. And who knows whether you have not attained royalty for such a time as this. My friend, if there's ever been in the history of a church a place where the lay person has come into his own, it is the hour. That is upon us right now. I know what I know that I know. And I know more perfectly. For some reason. Lost and held. In the infinite wisdom of God. That you have come into a situation today. That has never been before. From the face of this God given earth. So far as I'm able to tell. And not since the New Testament time. You as laymen and women. Are in a unique position today. Now the. Fact of it is, it doesn't make any difference whether or not you believe it or not. It is so. It's only tragic if you don't believe it. It is only tragic if you don't see it. But that doesn't change it one bit. The Holy Spirit is waiting, ready. Not only waiting, he's doing it right now. Some of the great things that is happening within the kingdom of God is in and through lay people today. Not preachers, not the church as such, not just reading the Bible as such but it is through the witness of laymen and women just sharing within your heart and your soul what God is doing for you. You see, today, uh, we are not so concerned about the proclamations of the church or preaching or theology. Uh, we are not so interested in Hebrew, Greek, or Baptist, or Methodist. The only thing that we want to know, what is God doing for you? And what are you doing for God? Now, there's where it's at today. right down. It's not great wisdom or how much theology you have. It's what are you and the Holy Spirit experiencing within the kingdom of God today. Now, my friend, I was reminded of this anew. I'm reminded of it all the time, but anew, I stand on a street corner with four, five, six businessmen. And one of these men had had an experience with the Lord Jesus Christ. It wasn't anything too profound as such as we think about something great profound and way out from left field, you know, something great and mighty. He was just sharing what had happened to him in his business that he accredited to his relationship with God, the kingdom, and the Holy Spirit. And a very interesting thing happened. As we were standing there waiting across the street, every one of those men stopped talking to one another and began to listen to what this layman said. And he was just sharing with them that, Uh, that good fortune came to him and, and he identified it with God. Now that's interesting and that's beautiful and that's right on target. And they listened very intently to what this man was saying about where he thought his good fortune or his blessing came from. And you know something? As I stood there on that street corner, I realized, I sensed it, I felt it, I knew that I was standing in the very presence of the power of the Holy Spirit. And we were caught up right there at that moment in a very beautiful way. And I know each one of those men that heard what this friend had to say went on their way thinking about God. Now, folks, I want to tell you, if this church of ours is to come alive, if the Lord Jesus Christ is to be glorified, if we are going to see a great host of people swept into the kingdom of God, if we're going to see our church come alive and be empowered to do great things, I want to tell you it's going to come through your heart and soul. And it's not going to come until you're willing to share with one another what the Lord is doing for you and to identify it coming from the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you every last living one of us here, If we will pay attention to the Lord and what happens every day, we will be able to make a witness and a testimony that will explode the kingdom of God. And men and women will be saved like you wouldn't believe they will. Your time has come. What does it involve? It involves your commitment and your dedication to the Lord Jesus Christ. And then your show and telling people what is happening. This is your hour. It is your turn. He has used the Bible. He still uses the Bible. He has used the church. He still uses the church. He has used preaching. He still uses preaching. But nothing is so more favored in his sight today. Than your testimony of what God through Christ and the Holy Spirit is doing within your heart. And your soul. Esther, at such a time as this, God has brought you into his kingdom. And Listen. Listen to what Mordecai said to Esther. He is saying, Esther, your time has come. It's in the infinite wisdom of God that you have been placed where you have been placed. And now you must act. You must act. But if you don't act, God will find another that will deliver his people and you and your house will be destroyed. It's always the way with God. Do you see it? Do you know it? Do you feel it? Will you do it? God awaits. Jesus waits. And the Holy Spirit waits to find a suitable subject to carry His message, and to carry His power. And it is your turn. Thanks for listening. Hope you were blessed. We pray the Holy Spirit will make you a doer of His words, finishing the work He started and making you more like Christ for the transformation of this world and preparation for heaven.